0: Today and There's a Policy for That, Dr. Susan Pendergrass is joined by Dr. Matthew Spaulding. Dr. Spaulding is the Kirby Professor in Constitutional Government at Hillsdale College and the Dean of the Van Andel Graduate School of Government. For more podcasts, visit showmeinstitute.org. Here's Dr. Susan Pendergrass.
1: Well, I'm, you know, very excited to talk to you this morning, Dr. Spaulding um, of Hillsdale College. I don't know if you know this or not, but we had an extremely lively hearing in Jefferson City yesterday Uh, regarding education, curriculum, parents' rights around their children's education and curriculum. And as I recall, uh, last November, you came to Jefferson City to to also participate in a hearing of the Education Committee around these similar issues. And yesterday, I think we had a couple of hundred speakers and maybe Hmm. 1,600 people submitted testimony. So tons of activation around this topic. And, you know, I would just be curious to know what you think about this this sort of new development, where we are feeling the need, or some folks are feeling the need, to actually codify the fact that parents have rights over their children's education. <laughs>
0: uh, what, what a crazy idea! What? Well, first of all, it's 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 pleasure to join you, and and, and thanks, uh,
1: for, Thanks for joining. Us. Uh,
0: I'm 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 glad that you're following this and saying on top of it, th- these are important times, and this is, in in, in my opinion. <laughs> the, Really, the, the, the the perhaps the central issue uh, of, of the question of education and education has become uh, in many ways the central issue of what broadly is a discussion of who we are and what what we are and what is our culture and uh, this particular question unites some of the most fundamental rights questions um, in, in principle which is the uh, rights uh, uh, and the status of the family and parents, uh, which is a pre-political institution, which goes to the very heart of what it means to be human, Uh, but also it's connected to political rights, which is the rights of consent and whether citizens consent to what is going on uh, in government, and this is government uh, in one of its primary functions, education, Uh, at the appropriate level not the federal but the state level Um, uh, and the two places where these two ideas collide is education that's right and now we have a third factor which has been brewing for some time which is that uh, there's a growing um, education bureaucracy administration uh, union, whatever you want to group them as, there's kind of an education oligarchy or <laughs>
1: we establishment, yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: but but so there's now a third alternative, if you will, uh, that is uh, getting in the way in many ways, and I, and I say this generally to not necessarily load the conversation, sure. uh, whether we like what is going on or not, or we've got a particular issue we're concerned about, just. The, from a broadly more fundamental point of view, we need to think about the extent to which um, there's something else now that's more fundamentally getting in the way of uh, this relationship. The education is is a relationship between parents and legitimate authorities of government, uh, local school boards, teachers, uh, educating children.
1: Yeah, and
0: and things have come into being. Uh, over time, uh, that have become barriers to that relationship. And so the conversation we're having uh, revealed Mm -hmm. by current events and and issues and um, uh, mandates and students having to zoom in and uh, race theory and discussions about the founding, uh, the debate over civics, all of this uh, has, uh, I think, Uh, revealed these deeper questions, which have always been there, but there's now a renewed interest, I think, in uh, precisely these questions for precisely the right reasons, which is it has to do with something that is more fundamental, uh, the rights of parents uh, and the broader uh, political rights of citizens to consent. Um,
1: Yeah, we send our money to the the government, right? We have a right to know what's being done with it and particularly when it comes to education. And I mean, when I, uh, clearly a couple of things that have been interesting to me in the past couple of years, in addition to everything else is that a lot of parents I think had kind of an aha moment that school boards chose curriculums or that school boards these people that were their neighbors or whoever that they voted for, their neighbors said, vote for this person for school board, and that they actually made decisions that impact what their children were experiencing on a day-to-day basis. And I think with the shutdown of the schools and a lot of parents uh, had a a more direct window into what their kids were learning and uh, realized that a lot of it didn't go along with what they wanted their kids to be learning, right? So I think it's been great in terms of activating parents. But when I know at the Show Me Institute, when we started talking about putting together our own Parents' Bill of Rights draft, and there's a million forms of this floating around right now, even in Missouri, there's multiples. Um, I remember thinking or saying out loud, these rights have always existed. Yeah, every now and again, it's important to enumerate the fact that parents have always had these rights when the school system like swings too far and thinks that it has rights over our children that they don't have, then it's a good thing to remind them. But these are rights that have always existed, right? I, I would say, in terms of parents being able to direct the education of their children.
0: Uh, those are all those are all great great questions and, and great ways to think it through. I, before I answer it directly, uh, I like I make a preliminary comment based on what you've what you said here, sure. uh, which is all great. Um, but uh, I think we need to think about the extent to which. For, for, for most people, the, the general assumption is that, um, well, I mean, t- two things. I think for a lot of people, they're like, you well, know, education is, you know, it's chugging along. It's fine. Nothing's wrong with it. It's kind of like that old attitude about, you know, I hate Congress, but I love my congressman. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, there, there's this natural tendency to give your own local guy um, a little, little, little more rope. And there's some of that going on here. The, the, the other thing is, I think um, there has been in 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 many things, including education, a move, kind of a natural tendency to assume that um, you know higher levels of thor- uh, of of government uh, have actually more authority, and uh, you know they've kind of this kind of this nat- this tendency has been going on for some time. That's not been pushed back against, except by people who are kind of tracking this and are, this is not the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. yeah. Um, So that's kind of where where the the public mind kind of was, and then these other things come along and have kind of revealed something, uh, and then this natural response is, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, where are the parents? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Now there's this disjunct, and uh, we're having this debate. Having said that, uh, you were absolutely correct uh, about uh, the, the idea of these rights. And I would, again, put it in a, in a twofold way. Um, and, and I emphasize this twofold way because I think this is important to explain and helping us explain and thinking this through. One explanation has to do with the nature of government generally. And the other one, which well, let's, let's come back to it in, a minute, in a minute. And if I don't make sure I come back, but it, oh. it's the question about parents. Um, because they're different questions, but they're very closely interrelated. Uh, And the the question of government first, which is dealing with this question of civics education, um, explains the the broader answer, uh, which is in in a Republican form of government, a Republican democracy, uh, a, a, a nation in which we are all equal before the law, or as the declaration says, we are all created equal with equal rights, um, and the, the only way to proceed is through consent. Uh, but the the, the the rights-bearing entities in this country are us. Sure. Uh, government has no rights. Federal government has no rights. The state government has no rights. Uh, the dog catcher and the local city council have no rights. Uh, we bear rights because we are formed in the likeness and image of God, if you want to put it in theological terms. Or it's just patently obvious that we are all equally human and no, no one is bo- born to rule. Uh, that's the essential understanding of what America is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, now how do we come to that opinion? Well, it's something that we understand about nature, uh, about what it means to be human. Uh, nature coming from, uh, you know, the, the word for birth as a nativity. Uh, It has something to do with how we come to be, right? That that we realize we're all equally human. Well, okay, so now we enter a a separate question, which is a little more difficult. And even in our government of equality and consent, we have to make room for something else. There's something that actually pre-exists government uh, that um, has to do with the formation of those citizens before they even get to the point where they're in the educational system and are formed by citizens through government, which is what education, public education, is, sure. which I favor. Um, and that has to do with how the children come into being and how they are raised uh, when they're very young, before they get to the age of their own consent. And there, there historically has always been a division. Uh, which I would uh, defend philosophically and morally and and uh, theologically, however you want to put it. Uh, that when that when that child is young, before they're eighteen, uh, the responsibility for the upbringing of that child is not the government's. They have not consented to it, uh, and the government, which is not rights-bearing, has no power over that child. Mm-hmm. Uh, that child is by nature. And um, uh, by historical tradition, and by the understanding of our laws, uh, that child is the responsibility of the parents of that child. Uh, the 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 uh, to put it in, in technical terms, right? Uh, the the parent is the legal guardian by nature which is a not created by government, but by the very nature of them being the parent is the guardian of that child. Mm-hmm. They are responsible for their upkeeping, their, their, their uh, living with the roof above their heads, uh, feeding them, uh, making sure they wear their seat belts, um, all of the above. Sure, sure. Primary, primarily, it's forming their character, which means giving them an education, uh, reading them books at night, um, you know, talking to them during the day, telling them to, to brush their teeth, uh, telling them to not hit their brother, right? That's what parenting is. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: and, and so there's this, if you consider a Venn diagram, there's a place in which these two things overlap. Uh, and that's what education, that's that's that area of education. And there, uh, the government legally, um, but also morally, but also based on our own principles of legitimacy. Which is the ground of the laws of nature? Nature's God, as the Declaration says, government defers to the parent because they have a more fundamental rights claim to that to the education of that child. Now it's a cooperative relationship, right? Right. It's the, the education is a relationship between the parent, uh, the teacher, and the student.
1: Right. So then, I think in the last couple of years, prior to this really coming to a head, you know, there is anecdotally at least instances of teacher email saying don't let the parents know and let's do this and the parents are going to like it so we won't make it we won't advertise it we're you know this type of thing and parents in some cases got the feeling that things were were happening behind their back and I think that that is why we've had now this like push to uh, remind the system that they are uh, not primarily responsible for these children that the parents are, right? Because I think in a lot of cases, there's been this creep of the educational system for being responsible now for the whole child and and all the, the so many uh, teachings that go well beyond reading and math, you know, of children. And a lot of parents are pushing back saying, like, I never gave you that uh, responsibility. That is my responsibility.
0: No, that's right. well, the, the parallel, the general parallel here is what's going on with a lot of government uh, generally, which is sure. is becoming increasingly centralized in, in Washington or in state capitals, but it's also become increasingly bureaucratized. Uh, these massive agencies, um, you know, most laws, for all intents and purposes in this country, are not passed by legislatures at all. They're passed by uh, administrative agencies and departments yeah. and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's that raises a significant problem for the writ large issue I've I've raised, which is broadly consent. Um, uh, law re- received its legitimacy from it being based on the consent of the governed, and administrative regulatory rule. Um, I'm not going to say is completely illegitimate, but it, it, it's kind of on on the edge of being illegitimate. And we are constantly debating this, well, what's the relationship between the legislature and these rules? Right, well, I right. think we've got it way out of whack and need to get that back in, which is why I advocate strengthening Congress, actually.
1: Right, right.
0: uh, if you recall, when I testified to the Missouri legislature, I ended with a round uh, um, uh, you know, bolstering them and their legislative power. Right. It's no instance that the the uh, power of education is granted to the legislatures in states um, and not the federal government as I always like to point out. Uh, but that's that's all very 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 important. So that, that yeah, that's yeah. Been going on this general bureaucratization move and I think more and more people, both in terms of in the bureaucracy, assume well, we can just do this because we have the regulatory power to do it and this is the way modern administrative government.
1: Right. works. I don't and, think people quite get that right. I don't or think
0: you've- citizens have kind of, they've yeah. kind of gone along with it. Well, again, the problem, which is why education is such an important issue, and this is such an important movement, is that, yeah, you know, it's one thing if, if I get frustrated because of federal regulations or state regulations telling me how much water is in my toilet or all these kind of things that kind of make me angry.
1: <laughs> that's
0: one thing. But it's another thing, I'm in Virginia, and so I saw it, ha- it, it happen here very clearly. It's another thing when all of a sudden, these bureaucratic regulations, um, f- of, for which I gave no consent, and all of a sudden have, have been presented in my children's classrooms. Uh, it's another thing, if you're not just telling me annoying regulatory things, but you're messing with my children.
1: Yeah, and Virginia is kind that's, of similar to Missouri. You know? Yeah, because Virginia's a little bit similar to Missouri far as There aren't a lot of options. Virginia's got a handful of charter schools. Missouri has them in only two school districts that are very low performing, Kansas City and St. Louis. But the whole rest of the state basically has no other option than their assigned public school. And we have assigned public schools in Missouri. The Show Me Institute did Sunshine Requests across the state that we know are teaching um, civics curriculum that a lot of parents don't like, specifically the 1619 Project or some version of – critical race theory. I know that's a law school curriculum, but some version of, of that, um, in classrooms and parents can't go anywhere else. You know, if you can't afford private school tuition, you can do nothing other than try to go to your school board meeting, try to go to the state legislature, you know, and, and that's a heavy lift for a lot of parents to say, change the system rather than have a choice to go somewhere else. Like what you have to do is go in and change the system. um, and I have been pretty agnostic in terms of what parents should or shouldn't choose. Uh, you know, I just don't think any parent should be compelled to send their child to a school that teaches a curriculum that they don't agree with or prevented from sending their child to a school with, to learn a curriculum they do agree with. And that's where I really get frustrated is when parents find themselves trapped with one option, not to mention the one in-person or the one virtual or the one masked or the right. one unmasked. We have this going on. Everywhere
0: now, so and so itself. well. It would, so so. So my general comment is that's precisely why education has become a revolutionary question.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, and I don't mean that revolutionary in the in the sense that you know I get in trouble for saying revolutionary things. But I, I mean in the sense mean? That, that this is a perhaps better said a, a realigning issue. Um, this this is now a question in which parents who have not who have heretofore not been involved who have not followed this that much don't consider them political are now involved um, because mm-hmm. something has broken through and gotten their attention. That, that's what has made re- education. I think education is a completely different issue than it was just a matter of years ago. Agree. I, I strongly favor uh, school choice and um, charter schools. H- Hillsdale College has a whole series of charter schools all over the country and we're building more we're big on charter schools.
1: You have a waiting list, as I recall. We have a
0: waiting list for people to get yeah. into our charter schools. We have, uh, we, we, we do curriculum. I, I'm in favor of all those things. Having said that, it will be the case that most uh, students will go to public education. Yeah. So we have to address the public education question. question I strongly support public education, properly understood, uh, which means the authority um, has to be a cooperative relationship with, with local school boards. Local school boards, when you think about it, are like juries. They are essential institutions of local self-government at the heart of what it, what American self-government is all about, the, local, the, the idea of a school board. A lot of them have become bureaucratized uh, and administrative and dominated by uh, factions, as they said during the founding, which, we, which today are, are school unions, uh, teachers' unions. Um, and we need to break all that up. Yeah, uh, we need to remind parents and citizens more generally, whether you got a student there or not, that self-government means you you guys control these things. And there's stuff going on there that you didn't consent with uh, to, and and what's being done to children, um, both in terms of content, but also how they're being treated. I mean, you have school districts in Illinois, right? And they're going out on strike because they just don't yeah. want to deal with these circumstances. It's the children who are suffering. That's right. Uh, and this critical race theory.
1: Just so to, let me just yeah, pause you for a second because, under the previous administration, you headed up a project called the 1776 Project, just to sort of forgive me for the way I'm about to describe it, to remind people what the history of the United States is based upon. And did you ever think you would have to do that? You have to remind people.
0: <laughs> so here's here's the the um, a, a couple of things one is um, I, I, I'm an educator I teach I'm, I'm, I'm a college dean I teach courses I write books um, uh, I, my intention was not to go into an administration uh, a friend of mine called this is after the election right um, and we need we, we, this commission is going to do something what can we do with it are you enter- can we do something can you help come help us uh, and, and and I did it solely for the purpose that, uh, well, for a couple of reasons. One is uh, they gave me the ability to <laughs> to, t- uh, to really run the thing and do with it as I wanted to. That's the
1: 1776 far. commission. 1776
0: commission. Yep. But the other thing is I saw it as an important opportunity to put a marker down. My general sense was that the debate over America was heating up, especially yeah. with the 1619 project and all this stuff. And so we want to have this strong statement about what America was about. Uh, now, the other thing I want to add here is for all those people who say, oh, this is, you know, political. You know, it's the Trump administration. This is all, uh, you know, fringy stuff. You know, read the report. Don't read this. Don't read. Uh, just, just read it yourself and, and make up your own decision. But there's nothing in that report that a year ago, two years, five years would have been at all controversial. The, the, the main, the main um, guides in the report are, 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 are Virgil, if you will, as, uh, you know, kind of leading us through, uh, is Abraham Lincoln. Sure. Uh, and we use a lot of Martin Luther King. It was issued on Martin Luther King Day. Um, it talks about slavery and the flaws and the warts of American history. It's all there. There's nothing con- that would, would have been controversial just in recent memory, which is, so I was actually kind of taken aback by that. <laughs> Uh, when it was said it was a racist document. I just, this is where we're at. I, it, it's, a, it's a ludicrous place. But what I was going to point out in, in a message to, to, to parents and those who are thinking about all this stuff in their, in their schools, just a general point, this is not a debate over history. Don't be fooled by that. that we, we, oh, this is liberal history and conservative. No, it, it's not that at all. This is a debate between, should we teach our students history? Which I favor, warts and all. And I would argue, I would attest that that is a broad consensus uh, among uh, liberals, conservatives.
1: Sure. Uh,
0: But then there's another argument, which is a a much more progressive, extreme argument, which is not supported, uh, but by a small percentage, which is we shouldn't actually teach them history at all What we should do is 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 read history backwards. What we want to do is teach them about today's issues, uh, and we go back and use history as a platform in order to do that. Uh, That's not teaching history. That's ideology. And and so, you know, don't get down the weeds uh, trying to well, we got to figure out how to balance this and be fair about it. No, no, no. See it for what it is. Critical race theory, the theory that race is critical to understanding everything is basically teaching students um, that race is how you should look at everything, including your classmates, uh, and you look at the color of their skin. And if it's the wrong color, they're racist, and if it's the right color, they're oppressed. This is nonsense, but it's also a new form of racism. And any any citizen, liberal, conservative, left, right, who believes that all men are created equal, believes in Martin Luther King, which is judged by their character, not the color of their skin, should oppose that. Mm -hmm. And that should not be anywhere near the classroom. And that that's that's just that's this is not merely the latest liberal idea in the class. This is this is completely um, at odds with and rejecting. The the principles upon which this country is based, the principles of King, the principles of Lincoln, the principles of the founders, despite the flaws and the warts of the founding. So
1: (laughs) uh, I love the the thought that this is a revolutionary moment because I, you know, things in education and public education tend to change at like a snail's pace, if ever. I mean, we repeat the same mistakes over and over and over in our classrooms up until three years ago looked very similar to what they looked in the 1950s. So I hope this is a revolutionary moment, but I would like you just to prognosticate for a second on a couple things. Do you see the role of um, teachers' unions evolving, and if so, to what? Where do you see that headed?
0: Well, um, uh, first first of all, when I say revolutionary, I don't mean in the – perhaps the the normal sense of that word. Um, If you remember what revolutionary really means is to revolve, to go back to its basis to go back to the beginnings um, I see this as a moment where we can kind of reset the education okay. issue and I think it's being set reset all around us um, despite politics and despite think tanks for that matter right it's these are you know, these are parents that are driving this which is That's great right. um, teachers unions you know I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily an expert on on, on all this but I, I Look, public sector unions are a real problem. Teachers unions, especially, are a real problem. Uh, they're what the founders called factions. They're they're a, uh, a self interested, narrow group, which is not necessarily doing things for the good of the whole. Right. Um, what do you do with them? Well, set aside how to how to how to solve and, and crack that nut. What I would make is is a broader comment, which is that we need to get a we need to figure out a way to open the door. uh, Because this movement is actually a pro-teacher movement. Teachers are not the enemies. There are great teachers out there, and I can I can attest to that because we we run all these charter schools, and there are a lot of teachers who are coming to us. They don't want to teach this nonsense. They just want to teach math. They want to teach history. They want to teach English, whatever it might be. Um, The problem we we need to drive a wedge between the the unions none of those people have spent a day in the classroom they're not teachers right they're administrative bureaucrats mm-hmm. between them and the teachers the teachers are on our side they're on the sides of the parents mm-hmm. it's the relationship between the parent and the teacher that's the most important thing
1: i agree and i think teachers are quitting on moss and moss and uh Substitutes. I mean, there's a huge staffing problem, because I think a lot of teachers, especially, unfortunately, probably the better teachers have said, uh, this isn't working for me, and and I'm not getting paid very much. And I think, you know, our best teachers, unfortunately, if we could figure out a way to pay teachers what, what they deserve to be paid, if they're really good, I think that uh, that would be a great realignment of the profession, which is to say, you know, this step and ladder, letting the union leadership shut you out. I am sure there's a ton of teachers in Chicago that would like to be working, but the teacher union leadership has said, nope, none of us are going to work unless you agree to our demands. And that hurts parents. And I'm sure right, right. it hurts children's children. So, really? so
0: you know, here's an odd uh, answer, uh, which is create alternative unions. Sure. Uh, start a new education union movement.
1: Great. I think that's um, a good
0: one, and and and, and advocate for uh, teacher pay and benefits and all. That. Okay, I'm fine. You know, in the old sense of a union, that's actually serving the interests of the teachers, which in turn is serving the interests of, of of the parents and students. The the problem is is, is the unions nowadays are not unions anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: They're they're uh, uh, they're big industry, bureaucratic, administrative. Mm-hmm. It's.
1: They're political machines, too. I mean, they the uh, the lobbying budget of the teacher unions in Missouri is one of the highest in the state. So they are political machines. And I don't think people quite understand. Um, Secondly, prognosticating. uh, How do you see the um, this if if we have this moment of parent involvement, parent activation? Do you see that continuing or do you think that eventually parents are going to want things to kind of go back to the way they were, where they. Are happy to put their kids on the bus in the morning and make sure and know that they're being well taken care of. Or do you think parents will continue to be active in um, things like curriculum and school board meetings and things like that?
0: Well, I mean, I, I suppose at a certain level, you know, who, you, we don't know. We can we, we <laughs> ne- never predict those kinds of things. Um, and, and the other thing is to remember is that uh, self-government is an ongoing thing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and that's that's just that's difficult. This is why, you know, the, the other aspect of this is um, teaching civics edu- civic education. Uh, we, we, we need to remind people that, I mean, on the one hand, we want to teach civic education. On the other hand, this is a, this is a great example of civic education in practice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, how do we keep them engaged? That's difficult. I mean, if, if the uh, teachers' unions and the progressive left continues to go where it's going, I mean, there's a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot more going on uh, that will keep them engaged.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but you know, these things are also generational. Uh, you know, if a lot of young parents who are, have younger kids are seeing what's going on in their local high school uh, age cohort, um, they're not going to want. They're going to keep an eye on that stuff now. They've yeah. been awakened to that. Yeah, um,
1: and that's I think that's right. They're,
0: they're going to age. Out, their kids are going to go off to college and now they got another concern and they're less they're not folks in the local school district anymore. So it's got to be it's, you, you got to kind of continue that uh that process, which means that those organizations like yours and others that are watching this stuff need to stay on 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 top of it and legislators to go back to the Missouri legislature, you know they've got to know, this is their responsibility. They're the, 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 the adult um, uh, governmental institution, which has been given the constitutional authority under our system uh, to keep an eye on education. And the, and the legislatures in turn have, have uh created you know it's, it's state legislation that create cities and counties and all that kind of stuff which is where school boards come from yeah that's their responsibility and so it's 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 got to be that there's got to be political responsibility and then the parents responsibility and they we got to figure out how to keep them all engaged
1: yeah i think uh i've had we i had an event through the show me institute with a couple legislators Uh, who came and I was talking about some of the shortcomings in the Missouri accountability system and they're like, why is this like this? Why isn't that? Why don't we have letter grades for schools? And I said, well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you are responsible. (laughs) You know what I mean? As a state legislator, this is (laughs) your job. This, This Department of Education does not operate independently. They operate under the law of the state of Missouri, which you are responsible for. So if you want these things to happen, you know, this thing is not independent doing what it wants to do, the Department of Education. No, so
0: you so you got to spend some time educating legislators, too. That's Right. Right? Um, that's right. I mean, look, a lot of legislators in every state and in Congress, they become lazy or they become mm-hmm. right. Like, oh, yeah. that's the job of the Department of Education or that's the job of the Department yeah. of Transportation. Well, who created them and who that's has right. oversight responsibility and who passes their budget?
1: Yeah. So uh, one final thing I want to say, um, because we've sort of Alluded to this and not given a lot of information. Hillsdale College is connected to several or dozens, I guess, of charter schools that teach a classical uh, curriculum specifically, and it's yeah. right the very traditional classical curriculum uh, where students learn Latin right from kindergarten forward. Is that right?
0: Well, so so um, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not even sure what the official number is right? We we have twenty some, right, uh, and then then we have another. I don't know, 10 or so that are using our curriculum that we work with. Yeah. uh, And we're aiming to ramp that up and we're adding four or five a year. I mean, so this is, this is a, you know, the numbers are are getting pretty big now.
1: Yeah. Uh, So I'm always, I'm saying that to say, like I had at least one parent in Missouri contact me. I feel like this has happened more than once to say, hey, I want one of these classical charter schools (laughs) near me for my children to go to. And in Missouri, it's extremely difficult, if not impossible, to open a charter school outside of an unaccredited district. Well, okay. so so,
0: so um, yeah. Well, two things. Just one is a quick footnote before you before I miss this point. Sure. Um, <laughs> classical education. Uh, it, the parents should not misunderstand classical education. We're we're trying to teach them. You know, turn them all into Roman senators and teach them <laughs> Latin. And all, Latin and language is a component. We think it's very important, but it's but it's just it's just really good education. And uh, so a lot of a lot of history, a lot of American history. Uh, language is important, um phonics and teaching them how to read early. We 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 don't have any you know young kid who doesn't have who has a reading problem. Um, and you know uh, English, uh, just it's 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 we we it's classical education, but what it really means is it's, it's the basics.
1: Yeah, and your test scores prove that out, right?
0: The test scores prove that. So, but on right. your point about 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 charter schools, this is kind of like looking at U-Haul, uh, the re- reporting of U-Haul to see where people are mm-hmm. moving. And they're escaping one state to another state what does that tell us that's kind of interesting yeah Same thing with charter schools uh map out the country's charter school laws and then and then simultaneously map out where Hillsdale has charter schools and other charter groups for that matter and charter schools pop up where you have good charter laws
1: right
0: we're not going to go to in some state and start a classical charter school if the state laws Uh, give the Department of Education and the teachers unions control over our teachers and our curriculum.
1: Right. So that's my point. It's like if there are people listening to this podcast, Missouri parents listening to this podcast, just know that there are people in Missouri that would like to have this type of charter school, but our law makes it uh, disincentivizes you guys ever opening a charter school in Missouri. It's almost uh, impossible uh, to do. uh,
0: I live in Virginia. Um, We just elected a new governor on this question of critical race theory and whatnot. The flip side is Virginia has lousy charter school laws. We don't have, Hillsdale does not have a charter school in Virginia. We would right. love to have a charter school in Virginia. You know, but we can't until those laws are changed. Same thing in Missouri and, and, and the list of stu- states that don't have good charter laws. You know, The, the assumption here is that uh, charter laws, for a while there was a sense that charter laws is, is kind of a, um, well, first of all, the, the, the unions don't like any of this stuff. They don't want any competition. Uh, but then charter laws, this is kind of a hybrid. What is this? We don't know what this is. This is kind of like, you know, uh, but charter schools, uh, if you want, if, if a legislator wants a way to ramp up good education at a time of crisis, charter schools is the way to go. Yep. Because what it okay. means is a parent, um, it, 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 it's public money. And I prefer all that to be private money. And I prefer private, uh, that's all true. But look, this is a crisis. Ah, uh, so it's it's public money, uh, but it's basically a private curriculum, and um, it's it's a charter of those two things in agreement. Uh, Hillsdale doesn't take any of that public money, which means all that public money stays local, in, in Missouri or Florida or Virginia, wherever it, wherever this is set up. Uh, but it's our curriculum. That's right. that's how it works. And we can, wrap, we can add more, and we can build more schools, and we're doing it as rapidly as we possibly can, including right. creating our own charter management organization. But we can only do it, and we will only do it in places where there are friendly laws. So if Missouri wants Billsdale charter schools, uh, it's not because we, we don't like Missouri. Oh, I know. Uh, it's because your laws are, are not no good, and, and you change them, we'll come knocking.
1: Yeah, and what's worse is I hear from rural legisl- legislators specifically parents don't want them and I strongly disagree. Strongly disagree. Parents absolutely would love to have alternatives, especially high quality alternatives and lots of parents love the classical curriculum. So I, anyway, that's but, for my that's parents for me want to deal. Good with.
0: schools. Parents just want good schools that's for right. their children.
1: That's and, exactly. and
0: and you need more good schools.
1: That's right. Simple
0: as that. And if you have a good school with good scores, there will be waiting lists.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us this morning. Uh, we've got a five-month legislative session. I'm sure there'll be lots more talk about uh, CRT and about parents' bills of rights. But it's so great to get your perspective. I really appreciate well, it. I'm going to a, I'm gonna be watching.
0: It's it's uh, you know right now in this in this moment is is kind of a rebirth of federalism
1: mm-hmm. on a
0: lot of things, especially education and uh, states like yours, uh, that are on top of this should have really good debates and hopefully good outcomes.
1: Yeah, exciting times. Thank you so much, Dr. Spalding. Thank
0: you. Great being great great talking to you.